Welcome to Startup Confidential, what industry insiders will never tell you that you need to know if you're building a consumer brand. With your host, best-selling author of Ramping Your Brand, Dr. James Richardson. Let's do this. Welcome to Episode 92, Root Cause Analysis for Founders. Uh, it's easy, folks, to make fun of management consultants. HBO even had an entire comedy series, House of Lies, that nod on this easy-to-chew bone. But do you know why management consultants keep getting hired, despite all the teasing? For the same reason I do. There is a point at which top leadership realize that the company has lost objectivity over certain big decisions, or has descended into political or otherwise intractable infighting. The latter is more common at public firms, but I've seen it at $50 million early stage businesses as well. It's easy to see that you need a fresh pair of eyes when you're new to the industry. And suddenly, oh shit, the decisions have gotten riskier and riskier. So if the team has been together, folks, for five years or more, trust me, there are going to be some blind spots that have developed. These are the areas of the business that go unexamined during any kind of annual review due to the assumption that, oh, they can't be the source of these problems. No, 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 no. And this is where root cause analysis helps. Now, there isn't actually one way to do it either. Chapter 11, I believe, of my book, Ramping Your Brand, outlines how I tend to do it with my early stage clients in consumer packaged goods. The key thing to understand about root cause analysis is that you do have to have a theory about how to prioritize the analysis, the investigation, the metrics to sequence in that analysis, and how your mathematical findings link to executional issues. And the latter is honestly where most of the debate still exists, and that's okay. My primary theory about how to prioritize the analysis is public info, folks. I call it the CPG pyramid of causality. And it begins with understanding to what extent each of your four P's, product, placement, price, and promotion, is causing the bad top-line math you're seeing. Most root cause analysis, however, begins with some kind of KPI analysis. And in my world, those are key performance indicators related to top-line growth, measured, hopefully, quad by quad over time, and preferably smoothed to best understand the actual slope of your growth curve. After that, you need to understand sell-through velocity for retail brands like register sales. If you're D2C, you can skip straight to repeat purchase rates and other metrics that apply to those less mediated platforms. But velocity at retail is your first clue as to whether or not you have a fan base actually building or not. If it's climbing month over month in same stores, you generally have repeat purchase in healthy amounts. Now, maybe it could be more healthier. Don't really know. It's hard to directly measure when you're small. But once you have that basic inclination that velocities are growing, you can then, if you suffer a top-line decline, decompose which accounts are most likely causing the decline that you're seeing or the deceleration that you may be seeing. So this is about using the placement P to understand why you're not growing as fast as you think you are, even though overall velocity is doing well. Now, if your velocity is actually tanking, then you really need to get into where in the retail ecosystem the problem is happening so that you can ask more pointed questions because it matters whether or not it's a specific channel or specific banner because they all have different shopper bases. 
Now, related to this issue is the D2C world, where if you repeat purchase rate for each monthly cohort coming into the, coming into the website, is declining and or below 50%, you know, you, you should be concerned. Now, you have the luxury of having very precise measurements of repeat rates, so you should definitely not be waiting forever to go look at this data, but you'll want at least a year's worth of sales. In both cases, where you're not seeing um, top-line growth the way you want it to perform, or velocities are declining, or your cohort repeat rate is tanking on a D2C site, you need to examine your product offering, including your positioning, and including your positioning of the product using the primal symbolism that markets it first to folks. That will be either on your package front panel or on your e-commerce description language, which is your, in both cases, your primal marketing symbolism. Now, in D2C, often, you know, the primal issue related to crap top line is that there's no traffic. Well, the traffic's not growing, even if you do have decent repeat. Now, I'm going to trust that you already understand that 50% of gross sales potentially will need to go to online marketing and awareness building to get that traffic to even occur at the rate that you want it to. And even though this is something you want to budget for, you still want to use PR, the free means to drive traffic as much as you can. So you can save that wad of cash for paid marketing acceleration later when your national awareness has actually built, because that's actually when paid marketing tends to do the best is once you're already kind of made it a little. It's kind of ironic and annoying. Hey, listeners, exponential growth involves more than a killer product, great fundraising and a great team. You need superb analytics to ride the ramp. Dr. Richardson's latest online course is now available. Effective Consumer Marketing for Early Stage Founders. You can find course pricing and details at premiumgrowthsolutions.com slash courses. And now back to the episode. Now, if your velocity is growing steadily in retail or repeat driven growth cohort by cohort is strong online, any top line deceleration is something that you want to examine as a placement problem, right? So in the retail world, am I inappropriately, you know, channeled? Am I in a channel that's premature for my offering? Am I in a banner with just a shopper base who could not care less about this kind of innovation? And am I doing both at too high a price? Is, moving to the next P, is my global omni-channel pricing just too flat across channels? Am I priced the same to the consumer everywhere? Because that's not how channels work in retail. They expect differentiation. That's what they expect. Am I offering ways for heavy users to pantry load my product once they like me with some kind of built-in discount per ounce? Yes, I'm talking about price pack architecture. Once you feel you have a product experience that drives meaningful repeat purchase for multiple years in a row and you're growing organically in the mid-double digits and you have your price pack architecture in place, it's now time to fuss about two things holding you back. And they most likely are the ones that exist in the promotional P. Those two things are the national awareness level of your trademark, which should be at 20% or higher if you're doing national sales efficiently, and your marketing communications and the positioning that those communications are built around. 
There is no point in spending millions on consumer marketing just to build awareness if you don't have a positioning or a message that you know generates trial from ideal audiences very efficiently. I mean, you could just fire out messaging if you'd like and focus only on the awareness of your trademark because, you know, even shitty messaging to interesting niche audiences will grow awareness and it'll probably glue some sales. It just won't do it very quickly or efficiently financially. And it will not deliver sort of Dr. Squatch rapid awareness build nationally that you need to properly activate large national recount or retail accounts, right? So my experience teaches me that getting your positioning right may need to happen twice in the life of your business on the journey up the ramp to optimize your 4P growth curve. The first time will be to ideal niche audiences who can rapidly create and birth heavy users in small geographies that you can efficiently service as a small business that's undercapitalized. And these early consumers, somewhat more geeky than the ones later on, will prove that initial concept, prove that there is sensory um, acceptability to what you're doing, and then hopefully give you a heads up on a broader mass market outcome you weren't really focused on that will actually drive the bulk of your growth later on, which will cause you to need to reposition yourself partway up the ramp to be essentially more mainstream. So, you know, examples of positioning switches like this that have happened are, you know, from geeky nutrition to satiety, from ethnic to spicy, from NPR to CNN, you get the picture. The key to figuring out the final P, promotions, the last one to really optimize and the last one to really fund hard, is to really get to know your fans, to dialogue with them enough to understand the key attribute outcome signal driving repeat purchase and hopefully frequent usage as well. There is no reason not to work on this fan-derived messaging and positioning early on, even if it's not most likely the root cause of early underperformance, which as I said earlier is probably mostly related to product, product formulation, initial product symbolism and positioning, or it's related to just placement problems. Please don't fund consumer marketing to high levels before you've iterated the messaging that's going to work. This is more feasible than ever. You don't have to raise 20 million hire an agency and then cross your fingers as you go out to NBC at 8 p.m. You know, that's how it used to be done. But there's many, many, many more small-scale, iterative, and experimental ways to do this. So when top-line and velocity folks in your consumer brand are not performing well, look to product issues first, including the primary product messaging on your pack, then to your placement mix, then to your consumer-facing pricing structure across channels, and finally to the content and symbolic power of your consumer promotions. That's all I've got, folks. Hopefully you didn't fall asleep with this geeky causal pyramid root cause analysis wunder episode. I hope not. And as usual, be safe out there. Thanks for listening. Remember, Dr. Richardson has loads of resources for founders at premiumgrowthsolutions.com. And when you're on his site, don't forget to take his founder's quiz and see if you're ready to ride the skate ramp of exponential growth.